You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti, giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome on in to the latest episode of the Off Air podcast. Chris Thomas joined as always, by the head on Mike Conti and Mike, a very different tone to this episode than the last <laughs> one. Um, we're gonna. Look, start- I'm even. We- I'm even wearing my hawk shirt. Um, yeah, I'm even wearing my hawk shirt. Yeah, so mirror thing when you're pointing in yeah. sorts of different directions. I'll never. I'll never. That's why I'm on radio, not television. I, I, ne- yeah. I have no aspirations to ever be an on-air TV personality. I, I don't understand the mechanics of it. I sweat too much. I want no part of it. So I'm not worried about that. But something I do want to talk to you about is our station, in my opinion, handling a situation that happened on the air yesterday the best possible way by all parties involved. So we're going to start with a little pat on the back for our colleagues at 92.9 The Game. So if you missed what happened yesterday, Falcons GM Terry Fontenot was scheduled to appear on the Steakhouse um, which airs from 9 to 11. He was scheduled to appear during the last segment of the show at 1040, and uh, they were going to have a nice little chat from the Combine about the season and the draft and all that good stuff. Well, life happens, as they say, and Terry's schedule was running a little bit behind, and there was um, some mix-ups regarding his schedule for the day. So Steak and Sandra were unable to interview him, And thus, Andy and Randy got the benefit of that and with very, very short notice had him on in the second segment of their show. Before we talk about the actual interview, I think the first kudos goes out to Stake and his show for the way that they handled the situation. Because when you get a big guest like that and you pump it and you promote it, it's great not only for the station, but for your individual show. And to not have it work out is a disappointment, especially when it's something beyond your control. But I thought... The way that they approached it on the air and off the air, everyone did about as good of a job as possible. Totally agree. Uh, and, you know, I think it's a real tribute to Stake and Sandy for being understanding. It was a situation that was completely out of Terry Fondo's control. It was out of the Falcons' control. It was out of Bo Morgan's control. Bo was kind of booking all of it. Stake and Sandra... Uh, you know, rolled with the punches. They were pros about it. Always appreciate that. And then, you know, honestly, for Andy and Randy and Bo Johnson, their producer, what a tribute to them. You know, they, they're preparing for 24 hours. They're preparing a show. 
They have an idea of what they're going to talk about. They don't know that they're going to be interviewing the general manager of the Falcons until quite the last minute. And I think it just speaks to the level of engagement and professionalism on Andy and Randy's part that they were able to, on the fly, I think conduct a very, very intelligent, informative uh, interview with Terry Fontenot because they were prepared. They followed the Falcons closely. Um, That's one thing I love about all of our hosts here is that, you know, we don't have one host who they know a lot about the Braves, but not so much about football. And we have another host who's like an expert on Hawks, but they don't know much about baseball. No, everyone here is really well-rounded. And uh, I think Andy and Randy demonstrated that on very short notice, uh, they still know enough about this team and follow the developments around the team of the league close enough uh, where they can, on the fly, make an adjustment and come up with some great content. Really appreciate about that. Uh, really appreciate that about them. I, I, they were just total pros about it. And like you said, Chris, we rolled with the punches. I was in a meeting. I was in a meeting with my boss. So I, I missed all the fun. I got out of the meeting and I looked at my phone and I saw what had happened. So that's another thing too. You know, Bo Morgan, who um, produces along with you on Dukes and Bell, is also our assistant brand manager. And what I love about Bo is when I'm indisposed, he picks up the baton. You know, it, it, and it's seamless. Oh, uh, gladly. He gladly picks up that baton. No, that's my guy. I'm allowed to ribble. Of course. Look, I have to travel a lot with Atlanta United. Uh, so I'm out of the building a lot. I'm in a lot of meetings as brand manager. A lot of the meetings have nothing to do with the radio station. So I have to be in and out a lot. And when I'm out, I need to know that there's someone who can pick up the phone and help me if I'm out of pocket and Bo is that guy. Uh, and it's funny, we, we kind of debriefed about it after it all unfolded yesterday. And, you know, I noticed I had a missed call from Bo on my phone and Bo told me, I tried to call you, but to be honest with you, I didn't really think I needed to. I said, you know what? I agree. You don't really need to call me because I know that you think like I think and that you're going to execute the plan the same way I would. Um, I forget who said this a couple weeks ago. We got a great email from our format captain, uh, Spike Askin, who's the uh, brand manager up at WFAN in New York. And Spike is such a great resource for all of us on the local level as brand managers. He gives us a lot of great advice, a lot of great guidance. Uh, he, he sent us an email. He was watching, I, I don't know if it, it was like a motivational speech or maybe it was a podcast. I, I don't know. But the speaker talked about how when he hires someone, he spends a lot of time training that person to think the same way that he can think. So he doesn't have to like hover and and um, not trust that he's going to do things the right way. And that gives him the ability, the speaker, the ability to go out and do other things. And Bo helps me go out and do other things because he thinks the way I think. So all around, kudos to everyone. Five stars. Great job. Very proud of everyone. And um, we ended up getting a pretty good interview out of it. Yeah, and I think what the one of the most important things you said there is about the host constantly challenging themselves and making themselves better by being well versed on different topics. And I'm taking a note from that 
page as well uh, this weekend. I even just got off the text message thread with our buddy Jason Longshore. Yeah. I'll be having him on my show on Saturday. So I'm, I'm doing my homework on Atlanta United, something that uh, when I came to Atlanta a couple of years ago, I had never talked, watched, discussed, uh, to be honest, one minute of MLS. Got to a new city where MLS is – just as big of a sport as any of the other sports in town. So it was up to me over the last couple of years to get my MLS bona fides up. I've been to a bunch of games now, familiarized myself with the players involved and the, and getting a great opportunity every week to speak to a guy like Darren Eels on the phone that we would chat, you know, for a few minutes before and after interviews. And uh, now I'm at a point in my career where I feel like as long as I'm keeping up with it, I'm comfortable talking about it. Do I know the X's and O's and the ins and outs like somebody like you who calls the game? No, but through homework and through research, I've made myself a more well-rounded uh, sports talk personality and producer by, you know, learning the ropes. Yeah, and that's what we have to do. I mean, I, I think there's this perception, and unfortunately I hear it a lot from people who try to get jobs here who aren't necessarily in broadcasting but think it's an easy transition. I don't think people realize the amount of research, um, analysis, time that we have to spend watching games, time that we have to spend just talking to, to people, whether they be coaches or team staffers or in some cases players, there's a lot of work that we have to put in before we even crack the microphone in order to sound somewhat well-informed and somewhat intelligent about what we're going to talk about. I think there's this perception that it's not on the part of everyone, but I think some people think like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I always... I always talk sports at the family picnic with my brother and my uncle, and and th they think I'm the smartest guy in the room. I I can <laughs> I, I can do sports talk radio, and unfortunately, it's not that easy. I, maybe we make it look easy. I, I don't know, but it, it's not that easy. Um, but Chris, I, I think you're a really great example of someone who, um, you know, you're getting an opportunity to host. You've really embraced that opportunity because I know you like doing it, uh, and now you're doing the amount of work you have to do to have an intelligent and informative show. Probably for every hour of show content you produce, you probably have to prepare two or three additional hours. Yep. It's like, uh, what did Mickey tell Rocky? Um, you know, for an 80-minute fight, you have to train for 80 million seconds or something <laughs> like that. Yep. You know, for, for a three-hour show, you probably need to prepare for three times that many hours. I know when I do a soccer game, you know, soccer games, 90 minutes. I'd probably spend eight or nine hours preparing for that game. Well, you and, just got to learn how to pronounce the names of the players in general first and foremost before you even, yeah. But the, you know what the problem is? I do all this prep and I use maybe like 1% of it. But you know what? If the opposite were true, you would be in the biggest hole you could ever imagine. There's nothing. You are correct, my friend. You oh. are correct. There's no worse feeling. No worse feeling as a broadcaster. And I, I've been in this industry for 26 years now. There is no worse feeling than being in front of a camera or behind a microphone unprepared. Oof. The worst feeling in the world. And the anxiety that comes over yeah. you, the sweat starts to drip down your neck and you just feel it, like you're in a and, hole. Yeah, and like when I was a kid getting started in this at like age 16 17 i was like oh yeah i was 
I was like the guy who said, yeah, I'm the smartest guy in my family picking. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. This is easy. I'm a natural. No, you aren't. No. No. And, and I, I learned that really, really quickly. And, and now I really take a lot of pride in the amount of time that I spend in my preparation. But but we all do. I mean, the, the best shows on radio are hosted by the people who are the most prepared. Absolutely. And there's for anyone out there who thinks it's easy, I challenge you to get in front of a microphone, talk for 14 minutes straight, giving an opening monologue. It's just you and a microphone and your thoughts. And uh, you have to be entertaining, informative, and funny. Right. All at the same time. Well, can't just ramble. You got to be entertaining, informative, and funny. It can't just be stream of consciousness because that (laughs) sounds like crap over the air. Right. All right, something that may or may not sound and look like crap, Mike. We've had about a week of it now. These new rules for Major League Baseball are in place. We're watching them. The Braves were at the center of attention. The first game of first or second game they played of spring training where they had a batter that was up and ended the game in a 6-6 tie with bases loaded and two outs and a runner at the plate because he didn't get set quick enough. So what have you seen so far from these new rules? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Do you love them? Where are we? No, I, I love them. I, I heard the stat. I think it was Grant McCauley who said it on the morning show today. Games have sped up on average by like 28 minutes per game. Wow. Okay. Love that. Yep. Love it. Yes. More please of that. I have said seasons are too long. Games are too long. You know, and honestly, like, let's go back to soccer for a second. This is one thing that I think soccer has gotten exactly right. Mm. You know, when you go to a soccer match, it's going to take two hours. There's going to be a 15-minute halftime. That's the only time the action stops. It's like a movie. The best movies are no longer or no shorter than an hour and 45 minutes. Anything more than that, it's too long. Anything less than that, it's too short. You feel short-changed. Two hours for a soccer match with no stop in the action. Uh, that is the sweet spot. So for baseball, I, I, and look, I'll say this for basketball too. I, I think a two-and-a-half-hour NBA game is too long. The The league needs to find ways. and They've tried with some of the new timeout rules and everything. They've tried to speed the games up a little. The NBA has got to find a way to get games yeah. to two hours. Those commercial breaks are milked in. That's the problem. That's right. And, and But the other things that, quite frankly, slow the game down are fouls. Yep. Uh, and and I think, think the league probably needs to take a broader look at, look, basketball is a contact sport. Um, there's freedom of movement. Let the guys play. Like last night, the, the first quarter of the Hawks-Wizards game, only one foul was called. It's a great quarter. Mm-hmm. Teams were getting after it on defense. Um, you know, there were long stretches without whistles where the momentum kind of ebbed and flowed. It, it was great. It was uninterrupted. And uh, I guess the point I'm trying to get back to here with, with, you know, the pitch clock and the hitter's clock and everything like that, anything you can do to proactively speed up the game and also create chances for more offense, which is honestly, I think what people want to see when they come to the ballpark. Yep. Uh, there might be some baseball purists who really want to see a pitcher stool. Uh, but you know, for those who really, really 
uh, you know, are just kind of casually coming to the ballpark wanting to be entertained. They want to see a fast-moving offensive game. I think this is a step in the right direction. Now, I think Major League Baseball, the next thing they have to do is go from 160 games to 140. But that is a discussion yeah. for another time. Or maybe, maybe even 120. Um, the one thing that I think growing up in New York where I did uh, the heyday of the Yankees and Red Sox, the one problem with the rivalry, as much as I loved it and as much fun as it was and shaped my childhood sports fandom, was that, Mike, the games were like four hours and 15 minutes long every single time, especially in the postseason. Because when things would get tight, those games would get to an absolute screeching halt. I remember one of those in the 2004 uh, ALCS. I think one of those games was like four and a half hours long because the starting pitcher, yeah. I think it, I think it was Andy Pettit for the Yankees, got rocked, and they brought in every reliever that they had. So every single inning, there was a pitching change, which led to another commercial break in the middle. I yeah. mean, it was just it was just too much. And I, can, can I interject something though? Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. different. I think it's a little different in the playoffs. I really yeah. do because there's so much tension. Like this pitch by pitch tension that goes with a playoff game. But man, when it's August and it's game 110, <laughs> you know, between the Brewers and the Cardinals, you're manufacturing that tension. You're manufacturing that. Like a lot of people hated the runner on second to begin extra innings in the regular mm-hmm. season. I love that. I love that. Like, Remember the Marlins and the Mets a couple of years ago? They played like a 22-inning game or something like that. <laughs> yep. Was anyone talking about how great that was? No. No, it was boring. You had, catch, <laughs> you had catchers boring. pitching for like the last right. three innings. The pitchers playing left field. like, And it blew both teams up for a week. Um, I am okay. I know baseball is a very nostalgic sport. We're very traditional about it. I get it. But it is okay to evolve with the times. And and look, quite frankly, Chris, it, people it, Lou Holtz gives motivational speeches a lot. He talks about how people never like change. Yep. People never want to change because they get comfortable. Do you remember back at, well, I mean, you might have been a little bit young, but back in 1994, maybe yeah, it was, was 95, when baseball went to three divisions. Okay, you don't remember this, but, but I <laughs> Baseball went to three divisions and had the wild card and went to interleague play shortly thereafter. Bob Costas was talking about what, what just a horrible thing this was, uh, uh, you know, a complete uh, disgrace to the tradition of the game and how uh, it was going to affect his enjoyment of baseball. How long did that really last? Yeah. You know, uh, it, I'll give you, heck, I'll give you another example. Uh, you, you're maybe a little um, older for this one. I actually remember, Chris, when TV networks started using the yellow first down line. (laughs) I'm not joking. There there were a subset of fans, some of whom were my friends, who hated the yellow first down line because they said it took the fun out of guessing whether or not a first down was made. Okay. And that it would affect their enjoyment of, of the game. Well, that didn't last very long either. But again, it's kind of the natural reaction to change. We hate all kinds of change. Sometimes change can be really good. I I think for baseball, it's going to be really, really good. I agree. 100%. Thumbs up. More rule changes. Keep them coming.
All right, let's finish off on a fun one here. Um, one of the game's great stars in the NBA is uh, breaking out into the mainstream media world a little bit. First, he had a movie made about him and his journey. Now he's doing a late-night talk show circuit. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo was breaking out, having a little bit of a star turn. Um, and he went on The Daily Show with host Hassan Minaj, who I think is doing a great job after Trevor mm -hmm. Noah left mm -hmm. his post. And Tough job. To big shoes yeah. to fill. Yes. And he was asked to uh, read some cue cards on the show about some of the great rivalries going on in the NBA with his fellow stars. You keep joining super teams to win the NBA title. How about how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? Oh! <laughs> and he there was talking about Kevin Durant, who is now, of course, a Phoenix Sun, making his debut this evening, as a matter of fact. Yeah, that's right. Giannis is, from what I understand, people around the Milwaukee Bucks. So Giannis is a really good dude, a really funny guy. Um, I respect him a ton as a player. Um, it, it's, um, <laughs> I wish him the best in his TV pursuits and his <laughs> crossover pursuits. I hope it works out a little bit better than um, Kazam. Worked out for Shaquille. Oh my gosh, that's maybe, a childhood flashback you just brought. Maybe, me. maybe works out a little bit better than um, Thunderstruck worked out for Kevin Durant and uh, Russell Westbrook. Space Jam was great, um, the first one for MJ. Oh, Mike, don't do this to me. Okay, no, 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 don't do no. it. Well, wait a minute. Well, All right, let me finish, Skip. Uh, <laughs> Space Jam was a good movie. All right. Space Jam 2. Enjoyed it as well. Um, do you credit Michael Jordan for the success of Space Jam? Or do you credit maybe Bugs Bunny and all the professional actors well, for the I'll... validity of Space Jam? Love you calling Bugs Bunny a professional actor, by the he way. Is. That's, that's, he that's is. great. Um... He's got a much better resume than I do. I will submit to you this. It is a little bit of a nostalgia play. Sure. I was like seven years old when it came out. Uh, you know, I was just getting into sports. I was just finding out that Michael Jordan was the coolest guy in the world. Yep. So worlds colliding at that time. Obviously loved the Looney Tunes. And I will say, to be fair, going back and watching some other sports movies that are connected the same way to a different generation – I don't find myself liking them as much as other people do that were in the same position as me growing up with movies like Space Jam and The Sandlot and Little Giants. There are movies of a different era that I don't really necessarily resonate with. So for me, a movie like Raging Bull, for example, <laughs> okay, is it's, I get it. I get why people like it. It yeah. just doesn't – people talk about it with such reverence. Yeah. And for me, it doesn't hit the same way. So I understand Space Jam not hitting the same way for you. Forrest Gump is one of those movies for me. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone – and again, it's not a bad movie. That's a hot take right there. Well, it, it again, it's not a bad movie. <laughs> perfectly enjoy – come on, Skip. It's, it's a perfectly <laughs> enjoyable movie. But it's also kind of trash at the same time because th there's just no Ugh. realistic 
way that that story arc could be possible. You know, no, and, but that's and half I, the fun of it. Uh, you go on this wacky, whimsical journey with this guy who lives a crazy, charmed life, and he doesn't even realize it. Uh, and you, the audience, are you, you're the inside joke. It's the whole movie is that you are the person that gets it, and the main yeah, character it, it, doesn't personal, get it. It's a personal taste thing for me, but I need to believe what I'm seeing. I need wow. to believe what I'm seeing. It's a, and that's that's a per it, look. This is a me thing, okay? Like, I'm going to own it. I, I understand that this does not apply to everyone. It might not apply, in fact, to anyone other than me. Uh, I just, I need to, there needs to be a, even if it's fictional, there needs to be a certain element of believability to it. Um, now, granted, and I'll be honest, this is why I'm not really into science fiction. I'm not really into, like, the whole Game of Thrones thing and everything like that because I don't believe in dragons. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I enjoy fiction that's believable to me, like the Sopranos, very believable to me. Sure. Um, succession, succession, very, very believable. Um, billions, billions. Um, well, yeah, for the most part, uh, billions, I think got a little off track. But, I agree. But, but. Uh, I, I agree. Billions is great, but even like, um, Oh, geez. I, I was just, I thought I had an outstanding example of something that was fiction, but still a little bit out there, and I can't remember it. And it's I guess because your hot to... takes are melting the screen right now. Probably. With... Well, geez. I mean, Chris, you know, all the phone calls and all the meetings I've had over the last couple of days. This is like 30 minutes of escapism for me. <laughs> but but I, I sometimes I, I still have like urgent thoughts running through my head, and it pushes out the good ones. So. Yeah. I guess we'll have to hold it for next. Kid. That'll do it for the latest episode of the off air podcast. Follow Mike Conti on Twitter at Mike Conti 929, the head honcho. I am Chris Thomas at C Thomas radio, and we will talk to you guys soon.